Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Before I do an interview for the podcast, I have a rough idea of what I think I want the episode's theme to be and how it's going to flow and what questions I'm going to ask my guest. And nine times out of ten, it goes totally in left field, not even close to that. And it's so awesome. I love it. I love just that authentic flow. And today's episode is no exception to that rule. I got the opportunity to talk to Courtney Baker. And Courtney is a six-figure business coach for women who are launching an online coaching business. She is really an expert in online marketing strategies and helping women reach that six or seven figure business for themselves. And I thought I've gotten the pleasure to work with Courtney and I love what she does. And I thought it might be interesting to have somebody that's maybe a little different out of the health and wellness field, just some variety for you guys to listen to. And we talked so little about business and more so about vulnerability, which has kind of been a running theme in the last couple episodes. And I I love it. I think that is the universe way of saying maybe everybody needs to hear these messages right now. I think it's really important. Sit down, enjoy. This girl's got some really awesome golden nuggets and you are going to love them. Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I would love for you, as I always like my guests to do, to just go ahead and give our listeners a little bit of a snapshot of who Courtney is. Mm, Okay. So Courtney right now uh, is a traveler and a business owner. So I am currently in the state of Arizona visiting, living in hotels and working online. Um, But my story throughout my life has been Oh my goodness. It's been all over the place between like starting a business and traveling and kind of figuring myself out. Um, So if that makes any sense at all, it's like this transition period is my life right now. That makes perfect sense. I think everybody at some point in time in their life has had that, that transition, that time of just what, what does my life look like and where do I go? (laughs) Exactly. It's good. And it's like, how do I define where I'm at right now? And that's really hard to pinpoint other than saying Arizona hotel working online and like figuring it out. And what more do we need to know? Like what a perfect sum up of it. (laughs) Thank you. How does, well, first of all, as a business coach, what does that mean? Who do you coach? Mm, So it can mean so many different things for other people. My kind of niche where I have found myself is coaching other coaches or network marketers. So people that come into like Instagram or Facebook, basically the online space, and they want to coach other people with whatever they want to do. So most of the people I work with are like life coaches, health coaches, other business coaches, 
they want to take that coaching aspect and apply it to whatever kind of industry they're in. So I help them with like the marketing side of things. And how did you even begin the journey of being a coach to business coaches? Mm, another like weird and twisty tale. <laughs> they always <laughs> tend to be, don't they? Right? The good stories do. The good stories. Yeah. So um, this started 11 years ago or so. Like, it's right around that time I was 18 and I was in nursing school and I was babysitting um, for a few different families on the side just to like get me through college. And one of the moms that I babysat for started an online coaching business. She was like a woman's financial coach kind of turned life coach. And after I would babysit her kids, we'd put the kids to bed, she'd come home from work or whatever she was doing. And then her and I would work on her business. And back then, like, I wasn't really into personal growth. I didn't really know anything about the online space or even marketing. I just was, you know, kind of a teenager and I was good at typing and I understood technology. And that's kind of what started all of this is I became her assistant. Pretty soon I became the business manager and then everything started growing and I looked around and I was like, I actually don't want to be a nurse anymore. I actually really like marketing. So I dropped out of college um, within like a day's notice. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm good with this now. And I left and you know, the, the ups and downs that I'm referring to is like, I stuck with business for a while and then I left it. And went back to the medical field. And then I came back again. And I had like quite a few like leaving it and then coming back again moments before I was really ready to dive in. But yeah, it all started from that one little babysitting gig that brought me into it. I nothing makes me more excited to hear people's that windy path because nobody's path that I've ever talked to is like, I decided I was going to be a business coach and I set out and here I am like it's never linear. No. Oh, yeah. And what this looks like today is nothing that I had any concept of 10 years ago, 11 years ago. No idea. And I think there's so much value in taking all of those steps and those twists and the turns because I'm assuming, as with most of us, each one of those have taught you something different or have have molded the path that you're taking to lead you to where you are today. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be the, you know, super depressive moment over here, but it's not the easiest things, right? Like it's, it's easy to stay in our comfort zone and to do what we thought we'd always do and just, you know, keep on the path and which is fine for some people. And if you're willing to kind of explore and listen to the tiny, like it's the tiniest of little nudges, that kind of creeping thought that what if, or maybe this, maybe something and for most of my life, I've just jumped on those and it hasn't always been easy, but it's also given me, you know, the rewards and the life that I have now. And it's just getting out of your comfort zone. Like you said, people can choose mm -hmm. to stay there and that's comfortable. It doesn't mean that they're happy, mm -hmm. but there's something that kind of calls inside of us to say like, Hey, like this is my intuition telling me maybe this path isn't right. I can jump on it, but I might feel really uncomfortable, Yeah, yeah but it could lead to really big things. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think like who, who does that, right? It's mm -hmm. like, why would you leave that comfort for not really knowing and then knowing like that you're like you're going to get really uncomfortable and there's no promise of anything. And it's kind of like, well, how do you want to live your life? You know, do you want to live, right? And I'm, I'm still pretty young, but like, I don't want to be 
on my deathbed or even, you know, 10, 20 years from now and looking back and thinking like, oh, what if, like, that's kind of one of my worst fears is thinking what could have happened if I had tried that. So for me, it's almost like it's more painful to not go out and be uncomfortable and try the things I'd rather do it just to know. And I think when we get, you know, facing that uncomfortable situation or that shift and that change, we sometimes think so micro because it's going to affect you right now. Like you're going to be uncomfortable right now, but in the big picture of things, what is that going to do for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's always, and that's where I'm at right now. It's like the storm will clear, the rainbow will come, you know, that sunny day after the clouds, like it will come. And then in, in that moment that you look back and you're like, Oh, okay, this is worth it. And now I see why I went through all of that, but it doesn't make sense until you get to that moment. Yeah, just how do you do that? How do you just trust in that moment? How do you take that leap? Oh my gosh. I think by now it's like, I'm almost desensitized to, (laughs) (laughs) to like the, the panic or the worry of like, I mean, I'm still human. Right. And I still feel the panic and the anxiety and the like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Like, what am I actually, why did I do this? I still have those moments. And at this point it's like, um, how can I say it's almost like a courage meter or like filling up your cup of like taking risks. And it's like, you get so used to doing it after a while that it doesn't really phase you or that you almost know that at the end of it, there is always the payoff. There is always the benefit where you can kind of look back and be like, Oh, wow, I'm so glad I did that. So it's, it's like the surrender to the journey of it, you know, that, okay, it might be crap right now. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that there's something here and it is, it's really hard. Like, especially when it's like those moments where you kind of really got to dig in and, and fight for yourself, even to like, you know, get dressed in the morning or keep doing what you've been doing. But it is that surrender of just like saying like, I don't know what's at the end of this, but there's something here. So I'm going to show up to see what it is. Cause I really don't have any other choice. Like once you make that leap, you really don't have a choice other than to keep showing up to it. You sound like the way you describe how you tackle life situations and you, you leap into that. It almost sounds to me like, some type of an adrenaline junkie like there's something <laughs> like it like I was like as you're describing it, I was like not in like the same way of like she's like going in skydiving but like there's <laughs> something that she's kind of getting out of this like in a perverse way yep yeah that's so funny you pointed that out yeah I can imagine um, your listeners listening to this and they're like who is this chick yeah I am a bit extreme um I am sort of an adrenaline junkie. Like I definitely get off like, so if you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram eight and I've been learning about it for the last few months and I'm so obsessed, but the Enneagram eight, we thrive off of um, feeling alive and intensity. So if intensity of like good things or bad things, like if I can feel like a lot of anything, I'm happy. That makes me feel alive. That makes me feel worth it. So that's where that like adrenaline junkie sound, you know, is coming from. Um, And then part of that too is like, I do have a background of addiction and I like the intensity of things. So it's, for me, it's like learning how to channel that in a healthy way, in a healthy outlet, in something that will grow me rather than kind of like destroy everything. And 
as you bring that up too, when I, I had first worked with you and known you before you started to open up and share a little bit. And I was just really always drawn to you. You, that lifestyle fascinates me because it is so far from how I am. Like I am like Mm. safe and like travel down the road and like adrenaline (laughs) freaks me out totally. Um, But people like yourself and that are so bold in that they, I I love that. Like I love watching that and seeing that. So I was Mm. drawn to you and then you started on Instagram to really open up to your followers and really show this vulnerability and to really share. Mm-hmm. How has that shifted your business? Mm. Well, uh, my ego got the best of me, to be honest. Um, I hit a place in business where I didn't really need to work anymore, you know, to to make my my needs met basically. Right. Like I could always do more. I could always, you know, get a a fancier car or, you know, take more lavish vacations or things like that. But for my basic needs and my lifestyle, like I had kind of reached that level and I, I kind of came up from air for air. And like after working in my business for so long and I looked around and I'm like, okay, I've got this, but I, I can't feel anything, you know, and my clients were like, you're amazing. You've, you've helped me change my life. And, you know, people, friends would ask, like, are you so fulfilled and so happy? And I was like, I'm, I'm happy, but I can't really feel it. Like, I can't feel the gravity of what I've done. And that was like a huge, like red flag for me. And how could I keep going in business and in life and achieving more goals if I couldn't feel what I had right in front of me, which what I had was amazing. It was beautiful. So that kind of woke me up to a little bit. I started working with a coach who really was the perfect fit for me. And, you know, I, I didn't think I needed any like childhood wound work (laughs) or I was like, I already went to therapy, you know, I've been through it. And she started digging around and I was like, Oh my God, I have so much more work to do. Like there's always more work to do, but I had forgotten, you know, just being human. Like I thought I was good. Um, And through that process, I really started to open up. I I started to feel things again and I could feel when my clients were crying to me, I could feel when they were happy, I could feel their success. Um, I could feel my own. And with that, my heart kind of melted a little bit. I was a little cold, I will admit. And with that, I kind of realized, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing on Instagram and Facebook? And, you know, showing, I don't think I necessarily lied. I just didn't share all of it, of life, of myself. And, you know, it's the highlight reel. We've heard that said before about Instagram. And I really wanted to have a different voice because what I had already been doing for business, I could keep repeating that. Like I could rinse and repeat and do the same thing, run the same programs, help the same people and not feel any of it. And that would be it. Or I can take a stand and I can do things a little bit differently and I could feel what I was doing in order to do that. I had to get vulnerable and it's been like the greatest gift for me to share my story because then it's been able to help my clients. And even if they're not my clients, the people that do follow along and watch my story they've messaged me and, you know, said that like, just by me sharing that has given them a little bit of hope, a little bit of space. 
And that, that I can feel 100%. I was going to say that has to be all the feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can feel now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I'm really happy to see too on Instagram, just in social media. I mean, Instagram, I feel like is kind of a major hub, but just in social media in general, there is a lot more open and honesty. It's not, it's still a highlight, highlight reel, but it's not necessarily only the good things. Like now people are really opening and saying like, I'm struggling or I have good days. I have bad days. Like this is my whole life, not just the glamour of it. Right. I agree. And you had mentioned that, you know, you, as you're a business coach who helps coaches, who coaches coaches, you Mm -hmm. yourself have a coach. What do you tell women when they're on the fence about investing in themselves? Mm. Well, here's, here's part two of this. Uh, There's two parts to this one. You know, it it is a self-worth issue. I have been doing this for so long that, you know, I have sympathy and empathy and I can understand where the people are at that come to me and say that, you know, they just don't have it financially to invest or the time to invest. And I get that. And I only want to work with people who are ready. So a lot of the people that come to me, they already are ready. And so I don't get that objection too often anymore. But when I do, I kind of put it back on them. And I'm like, look, I get it. I get where you're at. I get that this is terrifying. I get that the idea of investing in yourself is so far out of your concept of what's possible for you in your life. And it's not until where you're at right now becomes too painful for you that you'll make a different decision. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're living in that mindset of I can't invest in myself financially, time, like choosing something like, right, choosing a business or a coach, whether it's business coach or like life coach or fitness coach, whatever it is, if you're choosing vacations or, you know, going out to eat or toys or things like that over your health and your wellness or your future, your business, then those things will always have priority, right? It's almost like your life has to become too painful with where it's at right now until you make that decision to change. So when I see people going through that, I'm like, okay, when you're ready and there is no ready, it's just, I'm going to make that decision is what makes them ready. So when you're ready, then I'll work with you. Does that make sense? Totally. I actually just came across something earlier today and it was, um, there were several layers to it, but it was basically saying, you know, you're, you can hire a trainer, but they're not going to make you skinny. You can hire Mm. a coach but they're not going to make you rich. Like you have to, they're tools, they're resources for you that can help you on your path. But until you're really ready to level up for yourself, none of that's going to matter. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And that's where it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to look at people and, you know, as a mass, right? Like if I had like 10 people looking at me and I could pick out like six of them and be like, you're not ready. And they may fight that they may want it, but I can look at them and say, it's okay. And I think the industry that we're in with, you know, with all the quotes on Instagram and positivity, and it's like, you're never ready, just jump in and do Mm -hmm. it. And it's like, actually, I think there are some of us out there in the world that are just not ready. It's not the right time. You know, there's things that I've wanted to do in my business, my podcast, 
last summer, I had the podcasting equipment ready to go. I had it all recorded and then I just dropped it. And what my podcast was going to be last summer is nothing what it was going to be right now because I wasn't ready. Like I had to go through so much stuff. You said like the vulnerability and all of that, that's now coming into my podcast. Had I done that last summer, that podcast would have been crap, honestly. <laughs> like it just wouldn't have been that good. So, you know, looking back, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't jump then because I wasn't ready. Like I had to grow more. I had to make more decisions. I had to go through more things in order to get me to the point where I was ready to jump in and say, okay, no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm going to do whatever it is to the fullest. That totally resonates with me. I feel like in all aspects, there are so many things in life that, you know, you, I've always wanted to do or places and I didn't do them at the time because I was not equipped to like, I was not in the mental space to do that. And as I gave it time, I was able to, and, and some of them that I didn't do, it's because like you said, it would have been crap. Like that wouldn't have been the greatest utilization of how I was going to execute that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's this weird, like, well, how do we discern what that is? Right. Cause we say that and we're like, okay, you may not be ready. But then someone's sitting there like, well, I don't know if I am. Mm -hmm. Like, am I ready? Because like, I really want that. But then like, I'm terrified or I have these reasons why I shouldn't or can't. Like, how do you tell the difference? And I feel like to some extent, we may not know the difference until we get to the end and we look back, right? Like me with the podcast, I wouldn't have known last summer that I wasn't truly ready, but I knew something kept pushing it off for me. And it's kind of like, what is fear? And what is that gut instinct that now is not the right time? And you have to be able to discern between the two of them. I I, I totally agree. And I think it just, I was actually going through this yesterday. It's funny that you bring this up. I was trying to, yesterday I had time and I was trying to record some solo episodes for my podcast. And they were a list of things that I thought that I should be talking about. And I know instantly, and this is specifically when I podcast and in other things too, but I know instantly when it is time to just abandon a path that I'm supposed to go down or something I'm trying to do. Because normally when I record a podcast, a solo episode, I can just sit down, I hit record, I knock it out and it's just simple. Like I don't think about Mm -hmm. it. I don't have to edit it. It's just like, it's done. But in the episodes where I try to record them when it's like I'm fumbling over my words and like now it's not making sense and I'm losing my space. I'm like, you're not feeling this because it's either (laughs) it's just like, okay, like maybe we need to ditch this. Like this isn't either where I'm at right now or like this, this is just not what I need to do. Like that's not right. And I think that there's some of that in that like it's I'm fearful to do it, but it's, you know, like that's not aligning with me. Like just shelf Mm -hmm. it and be okay yeah. with it. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it may come back, right? Mm-hmm. Like it may come back around in the future. Yeah. And I mean, that's with anything in life too. It's not even just with business. Like, you know, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. That's, that's where I'm at right now is me traveling. You know, I didn't have a destination in mind necessarily like a, an end game. So I left new England uh, in the fall and I drove across the country, landed in San Diego because I had some work stuff to do had an idea. Like I was like, okay, I think California is going to be my place. So I stayed in San Diego for a few months, then moved around a little bit when I was out there. And then I like thought about it. And within one day, and I was like, I'm good. Like I'm actually got my cup filled. 
with, with California and I'm ready. Like, I don't know what the answer is next, but I'm ready to go explore the next thing. And I didn't know what that was. And I just listened to like, you know, that little nudge, that little gut instinct. And I had, you know, some friends and some family members that were in Arizona and they were only there for a little bit of time. And Arizona from where I was at was about a five hour drive. And I was like, hmm, hmm, well, it's warm there and it's pretty close and I have people there and I've always wanted to explore the desert. So I think I'm going to go. And then within two days, I was back in my car and on the road and moved to Arizona. And it's been the best thing for me. Like, I'm so happy here. And the business and the friends and the, the community that's here has been amazing. And there's stuff that has happened that will, like, shape my future for sure. But had I not had that gut feeling and just thought, you know what? This isn't right. Like, this is good now. We can move on from this and scratch what we were doing and do the next thing. And that comes back to, I, I love how these conversations kind of always circle back around. It comes back to exactly what you said in the beginning. It's you had that choice. Like you could have chose to not listen to that gut feeling and just say like, no, that's crazy. Like this, like, mm. this is where I'm at. I'm in San Diego and I'm going to stay here because it's just simpler and that's easier. Or I'm going to bet on, I need to listen to what my gut's telling me. And I'm just, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to do this. Yep, totally. Yeah. Cause it was, it was not a, it was an easy decision to make in my mind, but the repercussions of that is like, I broke a one-year lease on my place. I had to give away probably like two to $3,000 worth of furniture, like brand new bed, brand new TV, everything, um, all within like a 24-hour notice and pack everything that I could in my car. And then the next day I was headed out. And meanwhile, like running coaching calls in a business and, you know, I got to my hotel and I was like, what? the heck are you doing Courtney like, what? what are you doing yeah I was like what is my life because I, you know three days before I had no idea that this was going to happen but I had the calling for it which is so you know it's insane to think about the things that I've done especially on a whim you know and it would have been easier because it's like okay you you grounded yourself here you have this whole you know place full of brand new furniture and I was thinking about it I'm like am I really going to stay where I'm at because I signed a form and because I put money down, like, is money really worth it? But you know how many people would, I mean, I probably would honestly, like I can say that like, I admire you so much. I love that about you because most people would be like, Oh, well, you know, I signed my lease. Like I'm following the rules Mm -hmm. and doing what I need, what I'm quote unquote, like supposed to do. And you could have missed, like you said, you would have missed out on all of these things that are now shaping you in a totally different direction. So true. How do yeah. you, how do you combat those fear gremlins or that, that negative voice inside your head that's telling you like, Courtney, this is crazy. What are you doing? Mm, gosh. I mean, I fall victim to it. I am not, you know, sitting here and saying like, you know, I'm a brave warrior. Nothing will get to me. Like, <laughs> Don't like I've been in Arizona, I think now for like two, two ish weeks, something like that, maybe just over two weeks. And I've probably had about three or four days that were really rough in this two week span, like, you know, crying and asking my coach. And I'm like, what am I doing? I feel like insecure. What's happening? You know, and it, 
It is. It's, it's really terrifying. Um, so I do get the fear gremlins and I think it's one, like I said, like you get used to the process, you get used to being uncomfortable, right? It's like that comfortable in the uncomfortable feeling Mm -hmm. and eventually it starts to go away. Um, but it's, it's keeping faith to knowing why you're doing what you're doing. And when I've been really down and out, and I mean, like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. Like, why are we all here? <laughs> why are we living? What is the point of all of this? You know, cause I'm human. Like I go there and maybe that's me being the extreme, like adrenaline person that I am. No, even, even like the vanilla people like me have those. Life <laughs> even the vanilla. <laughs> even the snake okay. girl, like follow the path. We, we still have those like. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. I feel it's, less alone. It's in not that. Just all right. you. Maybe it's not just me. me too. I don't know, but it's definitely not just you. Okay. Well, for us, at least, like, I think we all, you know, I imagine like you're just like zoning out when you're driving to work or running errands or whatever, you know, and you're not really driving, but you're driving, you're not Mm -hmm, really there. mm -hmm. And you kind of look up and you're like, what is life? Like, what are we all doing here? It's kind of that feeling, but negative when I, when I really get into the fear gremlins and I'm like, what is the whole point of this? And it is like, half of it is like, okay, faith and belief that there is something more right? That there is some answer to all of this that none of us get to know. And I don't know. And I question it all the time. So there's kind of that surrender into like, I have no idea what this is, but I don't really have a choice other than to keep going. Because when you look around, when you're in that like down and out fear gremlin place, it's like, okay, what are your choices? Either you get up and you do the thing and you keep in pursuit of something better of something more. And hopefully the pursuit of it is actually something that brings you happiness and joy along the way. Or the complete opposite is to fall victim, you know, play a pity party, which is okay for like a day or two. Don't get me wrong. I've been there, but don't let it take you out because what's your choice? Like what kind of human do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to lead? Do you want to be that one who's like negative and like, I have no idea what we're doing here. And we're all just like, you know, a bunch of sheep that walk around and there's no point to all of this. And, or do you want to pause? Do you want to take your moment and then say, okay, I have no idea. Like none of us truly do. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we can make the world a better place, maybe, maybe I can be a happier person. Maybe I can find joy in smaller moments. Maybe that's enough to fight for rather than giving up completely. And I think that's where I always get to, you know, again, maybe it's the extreme place of like, okay, well, if I am taken out by the fear gremlins and the negative voices, then what are your choices, Courtney? What are your choices? Because you really don't have much. You either give up or you get up. I love that. I think ultimately, yeah, we always get to decide. You you sink, like you just let the world completely completely take you down and you sink under or Mm -hmm. you flow with it like that's all we can do and just like you said surrendering to being in the flow doesn't mean you have it figured out and it's sunshine and rainbows but it's just knowing that if you ease into it and you just allow things to come and go you just Mm -hmm. continue to to roll to get up and to go yeah yeah. And I mean, easier said than done, mm-hmm. right? 
Mm-hmm. Like, cause when you're in those moments, gosh, if anybody's listening to this right now and they're like, yeah, that's me and screw you, dude. Cause you have no idea how hard this is right now. I get it. So it really takes like us saying these things and like saying you have no choice. Like maybe that's enough for you to motivate and say, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm back again. And if it's not like, just know that that's okay. And it does, it takes that recommitment of getting to that point. Like I get to that point. Like I said, I had those few days in the last couple of weeks that I got to it again and again and again. And every time I had to recommit and say, okay, what is this about? What's really going on? What am I afraid of? Why am I doing this? And then it's that recommitment of saying, okay, I'm just going to try. But it's like, it's like one day at a time. Okay. That's it. I'm recommitting right now in this one hour, I'm going to recommit. And I think there's too, just that idea of meeting that with curiosity and grace on yourself instead of judgment or self-loathing or just like, oh, great. Like now I don't got to figure it out again. I'm just going to mm-hmm. like, this is it. But having compassion for yourself and you're yeah. right. Like, yeah, it is easier said than done. And by no means are either one of us having this conversation because it's like, I figured it all out and I never had those <laughs> moments. Like, no, I hit rock bottom like three times a a month and then like, <laughs> you, yeah you cry it out you pick yourself up and you're aware of it and you then choose to either turn or continue to wallow in that pity party and play that victim yeah yeah it's so true I think to like in, to give yourself compassion like you said is to to realize what you've been through you know like you and I having you know our meltdowns or kind of hitting that rock bottom a few times a month it's like okay well, first of all, if that's a pattern for me, then maybe I should look at mm-hmm. it. But also, I got through three of those moments last month. Yeah. Right? Your track record's pretty good. If you got through those three, most likely you're going to get through these next three as well. So it's like, that's where you can kind of have that compassion of being like, okay, this is normal to me. I've been through this before. I am capable and I can handle it. And it's okay. Like, and that's where that like desensitizing thing I was kind of talking about is like, I still feel it. It's not that I'm not feeling it. It's just that I know that there's something on the other side of this. The sun will shine again, you know? Yeah. And I think in that same way too, it's just looking at those challenges, looking at those meltdowns or the bumps in the roads as instead of always being that negative, it's okay. Like you said, I know that I've gotten through X amount of these situations before I know that I can do it again. And just being open to that idea of this is a challenge that I know that I can conquer and work through and it's going to be hard and it's going to feel icky, but I've done it and I'm resilient and I can continue to do it if I need to. Yeah. Yeah. All of us as humans, right? Like nobody gets off, like nobody, I don't care how like the most spoiled person ever, like they've gone through something Mm -hmm. and if you've been through that before, like whatever you've been through is probably nothing compared to what you're going through right now. It may feel like it because you're like, ah, again, but you can handle it. You've been through much worse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you talk to somebody about starting that path of vulnerability or kind of exploring that if some, whether it's in their business or personally? 
Mm, Okay. So I'll teach it in a business way, but it can be applied personally just in your life. So the way I teach vulnerability and kind of storytelling on social media is sharing stories, either currently things that are happening to you or things that have happened in the past. And these are moments that have shaped you into the human you are today, designed you basically. And most things that have shaped us have been hard right? It's through the trials and tribulations that we have kind of figured out who we are as people. And those are the stories that we should be telling. Those are the stories that bring vulnerability, that sometimes bring shame, or weakness, perceived weakness Mm -hmm. and perceived Mm -hmm. shame, right? That's on our own. And that's where I have people start. And I say, okay, I want you to make a timeline of your life. And I want you to map out the big events in your life. What are the things that have happened? Maybe they're traumatic. Maybe they're a goal. Maybe it is positive, right? Like somebody that crushed it in school and got a 4.0, that's a big shaping moment to show yourself that you're capable of something. I didn't have that story, (laughs) but it could be something positive, you know? So I say map all of those out. And then I want you to choose like one or two of them that seems like you'd be okay with sharing, just okay with You don't have to like share, you know, the skeletons in the closet and the things that you would like rather just die than ever tell anybody. Start small with it and then work your way up. You know, when I first started getting vulnerable and sharing my story on social media, I started with like, I traveled and this is what happened and it sucked. And now I'm here. Mm -hmm. Ta-da. You know, I kind of kept it like surface level and then I would test it out a little bit more and then a little bit more. And then every time I did it, I would get a bigger response. People would message me more. They'd be like, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you for this. And I'm like, huh, okay. You know, and here I was, like, freaking out, like, sweating behind the scenes. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. And I would send it out to, like, a bunch of friends. And I'm like, am I an idiot? Like, what did I just do? But then people would write into me and private message me and say, this is my story. And people started sharing their story with me. So it started to catch on. And the more I shared, the more people wanted. Mm -hmm. And then the more comfortable with being uncomfortable, I was with sharing vulnerability. And at this point, I really don't think I've held anything back. Like, it took me about a year to work myself up to share just absolutely everything. And now it's what has built my business and trust. And it's grown me to an even deeper, more open person. So if you're thinking about this, do you really want to lean into being more vulnerable and sharing your story? Just start small, like start with something little that is kind of vulnerable, right? Kind of something that you don't, but you're not going to like want to go puke or hide away or like (laughs) run from everybody after you shared it, just something little and see what it feels like, right? It may not feel like revolutionary to you. You may not be like, oh my God, they've seen my heart and my soul, but it may just feel like, okay, like I wasn't rejected. It's okay. You know, and you're getting vulnerable for you. You're not getting vulnerable to get a response out of anybody else. Like that is for you to start to start to share your story with the world or the people around you and know that the reaction that you get has nothing to do with you. Hopefully it's a beautiful one because that definitely will encourage you to keep going, but start with something small. It's not going to make you want to have, like, I call it the vulnerability hangover. (laughs) You can share it. You can realize that it's okay. And then you can kind of graduate and work yourself up to the next story and then the next story and then the next story. 
And eventually vulnerability and honesty becomes a way of life because that's where it's at now. And I still get scared to share things still. And my own coach pushes me and she's like, yeah, you should share that. And I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> like, I can't, <laughs> I, like, I don't want to. Yeah. My stomach starts to flip and I'm like, really, really do I have to do that? And she's like, mm-hmm. yep, you should share that. And I'm like, okay. And then again, every time I'm reminded, okay, that's what the people want. That's what's needed. That's what we want to know because we're all going through it. We all go, you know, it's like, it's crazy. And I love that you not admitted, but you shared with me that you've had a couple rock bottoms every month or at least last Mm -hmm. month you did. And I did too. And it's like, you know what? We're fairly, you know, quote unquote, successful women. We have our lives together, you know, like, and it's actually normal to kind of hit that place and have some down days and nobody's talking about that. And I love what you said that perceived, you know, our perceived feelings of what everybody else is going to think, because in reality, it is what I think holds us back is that perceived storyline that we're telling ourselves. And everyone you said was more drawn to you and was sending you messages like crazy when you were sharing something that you thought would turn people off or that people would be ashamed of you of or Mm. look down on you and it's the complete opposite I am drawn to people when they're open and vulnerable about situations because it makes them I feel like they're on my same playing field then yeah yeah well because we are exactly right it's like that we all work walk the same earth you know we all we all go to the bathroom you know we all sleep at night and I think we you know, as a society, we kind of rank other people around us and we have no idea what it really looks like. Like, you know, I share myself and my vulnerability on social media as much as I can. And people still don't know who I really am. Like we don't, we don't really, really know, like, unless you're with me day to day in person and you get to see what that's like, you don't know. And, you know, I've seen really, really successful people who look like they have it all together, who are vulnerable, who share, who are gorgeous, who make a lot of money, right? Like all of these accolades or things that we think make a successful person, but behind the scenes, it's just a mess, Mm -hmm. right? And not to like say that I'm not part of that either, right? Like, and that's where I share my stuff. And I'm like, guys, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Like, I am a mess too. And we can kind of have it together. Absolutely. But it's like, let's not pretend that we're not human because to be human is to have those emotions, to have those down days, to have the good days too. And just to strive for something more. But in that, our responsibility of being online and kind of, I, you know, being an influencer or, you know, having people follow you and trying to teach people a way to live or something like that. It's, it's almost like you have that responsibility to share all of it. We can't just share the good sides too, you know, and that's Mm. even in, in the real life, right? Like off of online spaces and Instagram and that kind of thing. It is also like kind of responsibility as a human to share all of it because like what kind of community what kind of life do we want to lead is it a bunch of us putting our best faces on but not really showing like what life is like when the door is closed yeah i just i couldn't agree more to any of that that's just so (laughs) spot on um so what where do we find you what do you do courtney Mm, if somebody's interested in working with you or 
Yeah, fill us in. Reading all of my vulnerable shares that we were just talking yeah. about. Yeah, where do we yeah. find you? To get I know, now I'm dish. like, don't find me. <laughs> don't, <laughs> Never mind. Don't read it. I know. Oh, man. So you can find me mostly where like where I'm really sharing all the good stuff that we're talking about is on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is Court Baker, C-O-U-R-T Baker. And my website's the same, courtbaker.com. And then I do have my Facebook profile up, and I'm sure we'll link that later. Mm -hmm. Um, But Instagram's where I'm sharing, you know, on Instagram stories, I share the behind the scenes of my life. And those are like the goofy, weird, sad, you know, food and lifestyle and what hotel I'm in and things like that. But then the posts, you know, that's really the storytelling. That's the deep stuff. And that's where I'm sticking my, my toes into the water or, you know, fully jumping in and sharing everything with you guys. So that's where you can read about that. I talk about life. I talk about business. I talk about all of the stuff that we re- we just went over basically. And my work that I do in the world is teaching marketing strategies. So my clients that come to me, they're the ones who are coaching other people and, a lot of my coaching has changed. Like you've noticed things have kind of changed with me in the last year of, I used to be just completely hardcore marketing strategy. And if anybody had an issue crying or feeling, you know, scared or whatever, I'd be like, okay, yep. Yep. Keep going. Get over it. Get over it. And then we keep going back into work. And while that produced a lot of results for people, uh, it also got a lot of people burnt out. And they got the same success that I got. And then they looked around and they're like, I'm still not happy. And that's where I was at. So I was building people and helping them to get to the level where I was at. You know, you coach to what you're capable of. And so now with all the work that I've done, I'm able to coach and teach all the, you know, amazing marketing strategies that I do. But now I've got the heart and soul in it. And I'm like, okay, what's really going on? Like, let's dissect this. Let's break down the emotions. Let's, let's break down the feelings and let's recommit to this. And so I've kind of like brought the heart back into what I'm doing, but the core of what I still do is teaching business and marketing. And she's good at it, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. She's good at it. Like you can tell by just, I mean, in everything that you're saying and doing and it, you were good before the vulnerability tenfold better now because yeah I just Mm. I love it thank you thank you for that where um I like to always end each episode is with some rapid fire questions and so we've questioned you nonstop, and these won't be quite as intense they'll be they'll be a little (laughs) bit a little bit easier for you I'm ready okay well first this isn't one I typically ask but I'm dying to know now because you're the traveling queen where's your favorite place that you have traveled Oh, wow. You know, I haven't thought about this recently. I used to say Big Sur, California. It's like one of the like National Geographic's top wonders of the world. And it's just gorgeous up there. It's quiet. It's ocean. It's mountains. It's trees. It's kind of got everything. Um, yeah, I think actually I'm going to stick with that one. It's still my favorite. It sounds beautiful. I'm in the midst yeah. of over a foot of snow right now. So that sounds Ooh. like the most magical place in the whole <laughs> land. I'm sure. Uh, regardless if there's snow or not, but right now, especially like I'm packing up my bags and I'm heading out. What mm-hmm. is your favorite way to unplug? Mm. Okay. I have this weird obsession with beds. 
Like I love bed. I love bed. It's like when, you know, people say I love lamp. Like I love bed. I love bed (laughs) so much. You know, like if I'm having a day and I can get a little too extreme with it, that like, it's like Courtney, get out of the bed, like get out of the bed. But my bed is like my safe zone. Like it's just comfy and it doesn't matter if it's a hotel bed, but it's like my place where I know that like the world can be shut out and I can just relax and calm down. So it's bed, usually with a cup of tea, with a good book. And that's it. That like that wonderful. is my quiet. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. What is your super weapon? Mm. Oh my gosh. I've never thought of this. Um, I, I, ooh. Ooh, I think it's my, I think it's my willingness. This is a weird one to like use as an answer. I think I've been willing and I have definitely shut down at times where I'm like, nope, nope, not doing it. No. But even when I've gotten to that point, I always turn it around and I'm always willing. And I say, okay, I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm willing to try. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to do whatever you say usually by my coaches or my, my therapist or leaders or whoever it is, but I'm like, okay, I'm willing. So you tell me and I'll do it. So I think my willingness has been able to like get me through things, even when I don't want to, or I'd rather just, you know, lay in bed all day. Mm-hmm. It's that willingness to just show up that has gotten me through anything. Clearly. I like that one. And oh. I always ask everybody at the end, what does being fierce mean to you? Mm. Oh my goodness. So interesting because my answer to this, you know, when we were working together last summer would have been totally different. Mm -hmm. I think being fierce now is how vulnerable I'm willing to get. That is like the bravest thing to me is to watch other people get really vulnerable. That is fierce. That takes courage. We are fully aligned because that is you're the, actually the only person that has said like truly to what mine is like to a T like stepping up for yourself and just saying like shit like I don't know what the hell I'm fucking doing but I've messed up and I'm scared but here it is and I'm gonna need some help and that's me yeah that's fierce yep yep a hundred percent love it I do too Oh, this has been amazing, Courtney. Thank you so much. I know that the impact that you have already on so many and continue to is just going to be exponential as your journey goes wherever mm-hmm. hotel bed you're in or wherever, <laughs> wherever you land is going to be magic. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.